Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 142 of Midweek Metagame. I'm HaremTG, joined by my two regular co-hosts, Patrick Robertson. Good evening, everyone. And Gable Nassif. Hey, guys. Hey, everyone. Well, well, well. Episode 142. I'm going to be real. I'm going to start this off with my hellos hit differently now. I wonder <laughs> if I've finally finished my stage of puberty at 22 years old and I can't hello the same. Um, but we are going to be talking about magic today, not my hellos. Gab, blue-white control. Actually, not blue-white control. Blue-white days and doing in both modern challenges this past weekend. So obviously, we're going to be getting into that. Pat, you've played a ton of nothing, am I correct? Uh, I've been watching a lot of things. Let's just okay, put it that way. Okay, sick. Nice. Yeah, Pat's been uh, watching. He's going to be doing questioning today. I am actually about to shock all the listeners. This past week, I played Standard. Yep. But I also played Pauper, and I also played Pioneer, and I also played Modern. So I felt like it was a quite a diverse week. Um, so I probably won't get into every format that I talked to. Uh, sorry, I played but we're going to be getting to a lot of Gab stuff. But before we even talk about magic, we have to thank a new patron this week. Clayton, thank you so much for supporting our content. Thank Clayton. you, Clayton. Appreciate it. And we should also thank Card Market for sponsoring the podcast. For those who don't know, Card Market is a marketplace online. You can buy anything Magic the Gathering related. Deck boxes, singles, sleeves, accessories, play mats, Digimon, Pokemon, TC... Other TCGs, Flesh and Blood, Yu-Gi-Oh! You literally name it, Card Market has it. Thank you for them for sponsoring the podcast. Slow start today, it feels. This is your longest I forgot preamble to plug ever. the Discord. Yeah, I forgot to plug the Discord as well. So please join the podcast Discord you can find on our Twitter page. Blah, blah, blah. I'm tired. Um, Gab, please take it away. Modern blue-white thingy. Just let them know what happened. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was another week and another... Missing out on breakers on Sunday. I uh, went 5-2 with Blue White Days on doing on Saturday. Challenge. Finished outside of the top 16s. My breaker were bad. Ran it back on Sunday. 6-2. and two. Thought I might make top 8, but breakers were bad. Got 11s. Uh, and yeah, the deck, the deck was kind of sweet. Better than I expected. I was looking for something to play for the, the weekend as usual. I played a couple leagues of Tameshi Bloom. And I went really poorly. I went 0-3 and 1-4. I was kind of off it. I did try a card that was kind of cool. I was kind of missing not having Sakura Tribelder in the deck. And I was going to add it back. And someone mentioned Satter Wayfinder. And that sounded better, actually. It doesn't ramp you. But if you play it on turn 2, you're kind of waiting for your Lotus Bloom to come up suspend anyways. And you don't miss the ramp too, too much. Wayfinder gets you to land. It self-smails with Ren. It self-smails potentially a, a Lotus for Tameshi, and it also gives you, you know, you get to actually trade with Ragman. So I tried that. I, th I thought that card was, was good, maybe a slight improvement playing one of, but overall the deck just, you know, I was kind of off it. I know Kanis replayed it a bit in 5 of the league, but I'm not sure if he, he played more. So I was looking for something, and someone in, in my chat at EmoNYC su suggested a blue-white days on doing list, and I was like, okay, send me the list, maybe I'll try it. And then I uh, kind of looked into it and there's a um, player from the US called George Jabu, Jab Jabber on Twitter. Uh, he, 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 had, he had a good result in a live tournament. 
and uh, you know he, he had a guide for the deck there's a couple of lists out there there's also a magic online player called validant i don't know who that is they've been playing the deck too slightly different but yeah decided to give it a try it looked kind of sketchy you know four narset four teferi kind of no no archmage charm no you know kind of different something you haven't seen in a while narset according to people is just not good in modern because it's too easy to kill and whatnot but you know people had been doing well with it so i'll give it a try i didn't really know what to play it sounded fun at the least and play the league went three and two but i was kind of impressed at how functional the deck was and how the cards were lining up narset was kind of nar lining up nars nicely uh, you actually got two days on doing combo bunch and yeah, it was one of these weekends where I was just not inspired. I didn't feel like playing Merktide. I didn't feel like playing Omnath, living in. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll just give it a try. Why not? You know, it was good enough. And yeah, and un end up doing well. You know, it, it's kind of these matches you feel like you're kind of getting lucky, but also you you just keep winning. And some matchups did feel kind of, kind of decent, you know, having subtlety against Titan, having... Uh, Narset plus Force and Negation, you know, against Yagmos, having Narset, having the Verdicts were really good for me, just sweeping the board and, and Planeswalkers, just doing blue-white stuff, and yeah, I kept comboing people with Narset and Days on doing in the mid-game, it was, you know, getting back in the game out of nowhere, kind of. Yeah, so I watched both the challenge uh, res results, I've actually watched almost all of it, and I was going to ask, like, what do you think... One of the major, one of the major things that blue white, you know, historically has has had a knock against it is that it's got a terrible, terrible four color Omnath matchup. So do you reckon, do you think you're improving matters in that matchup by kind of going down this kind of you know Narset, heavy Narset and combo route rather than trying to interact, you know, in the more traditional manners? I would guess so. I mean, it's so bad with traditional blue white. I literally never seen Wafo beat that matchup. Maybe he beat it when I was watching. Yeah, I've so played awful. I've played from the four-color side against Wafo and Monsieur Cafouillette multiple times, and other blue-white player. I think I'm literally undefeated in a matchup lifetime. It seems like blue-white should be able to win one once in a while, kind of curve counter spells into Teferi, you know, five-mana Teferi and Snowball, but somehow it's just, like, too hard, you know? You kind of get the almost insta-losses when they resolve the run-on two. So, yeah, I had, you know, Narset stopping their... I had one really close match. I think I only played the matchup once against Goldugat. It was super, super close. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I think I kind of messed up a bit. And uh, Narset seemed to be doing work, you know, having lots of Teferis, lots of Narset and, and Sweepers. Narset starts a lot of their cantrips. Having Chalice on one was, was pretty good. And I think maybe just Rest in Peace could be good, usually. And lately, people have been playing Snapcast from Age. And they don't have access to rest in peace, but maybe I know when I'm playing a deck with four red and six, and someone plays a rest in peace, I'm not happy. You know, that's like kind of your best card negated, and usually impacts some other cards. You know, people have been playing the Traverse version uh, with the, the with Emrakul, so it stops that as well. I'm sure I'm forgetting. You know, if they're playing Witness or whatnot, but it's interesting though. Like you, I wouldn't normally have thought that Traver the four color decks are kind of weak to a card like Chalice of the Void. But, you know, if you think really about it, like, they actually have a stack of one drops, especially since they're moving over to more traverses. You know, these kind of, you know, have abundant growths, all their removal spells are one mana removal spells. Yeah, and then there's, then there's tra traverses as well. Suddenly you're kind of looking at shutting down, you know, a solid chunk of the deck, maybe 16 or, 16 or 20 cards. 
And so the the card seems to have have a little bit of value, and particularly post board where they kind of bring in Vale of Summer uh, in reasonable numbers these days. It seems is a kind of normal thing to be doing, rather than you know maybe if we look back kind of the last mocks time before color decks were kind of maybe you're supposed to bring one or two uh, Vale of Summers in, and then we watch Tangrams play around it uh, against Canister with uh, with Death Shadow and it kind of made me think that maybe Veil's not so good but I, the, the stock list can have like two or three copies of Veil right now as well it's a good card against your post board so yeah Chalice seems really good but Rest in Peace is another card I would assume is great either but I guess like you know just like you mentioned everything's trending in that direction where like you know, it, it just starts to add up and you you can just play as a kind of you know kind of prison deck almost against them yeah, no, Chalice is nice. They do have Prismatic Ending. They can maybe bounce it and resolve a couple of their one-mana spells while it's gone, but it's it's not bad. And the big the big thing, honestly, is just also days on doing. You actually have a trump. You know, you get in these mm. late games, and four-color Alnav just has a, a great late game, but Narset stops the big Yorion turn to some extent. Also, just having Narset in play when they play Omnath is, you know, feels pretty yeah. bad. Getting to actually trade for that, trade trade with Omnath, just like you trade your one your removal spell with their Omnath, and they don't get a card ahead, is a, a really big exchange. Yeah, exactly, and yeah, just the, just the, I think that's how I won the one game. I won. I eventually cast Narset in Days on Doing. The, the third game, we were kind of rushed on time, and I made some I made some questionable plays. Oh yeah, I, that was an interesting game for sure. Have you gone back and watched the replay of that one yet? No, I don't watch back. I don't watch a ton of reviews. <laughs> you're you're refuse, refuse to, to put yourself through the punishment of watching that one again. Yeah. It, it was exactly. a stressful one. It was a stressful one from the viewer's side. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. But I guess for, for those, maybe I should start with that. But yeah, the deck is, the rest of the deck is Counterspell, Chalice of the Void. You got Subtleties and Solitudes. You got Verdicts, Prismatic Ending. Kind of what you would expect. The, the, the cards you're not playing are basically Archmage Charm are gone. And you're playing, I guess, Snarset over it. You're not playing Charm. You're not playing too many Deluge. I, had, I added one on, on uh, Sunday. I think it was pretty good. I trimmed on Solitude and Subtlety. I had four and three, and I went down to three and two. I added a third Verdict. Verdict was kind of MVP for me. Just super, super good, especially with, with all the Planeswalkers. I feel like it plays well. You know, it forces them to... Narset keeps them busy. Chalice was MVP for me a few games. I had a Ridicules game against uh, Triosk where he ended up, he was playing Black-White Hammer Time and on the last turn of the game, he cast six one, he showed me his hand, you know, he cast six one mana spell that he had drawn uh, nice. into my Chalice for one. Yeah, that was pretty lucky. I think I he has March, March in his sideboard to get rid of it, but he didn't draw March and he just drew all one mana spells instead. Mm, I, was, I was, it was actually really refreshing to see you have a lot of Supreme Verdicts in your, in your 75 even in modern, when I, I've been I've been championing for it, you know, four, four verdicts in Pioneer for a while, but you've you've always pushed back. But it surprised me that when when you when I, when I turned on the stream and you had four in your in, in your deck uh, in, in modern, but I'm, I'm pleased to hear it was good for you because I, I really think that card is just one of the main reasons to be actually actually blue white. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, it's really good in the main against Merktide. I have three in the main, one in the sideboard. It does get worse against Blood Moon and Jace. Against Murktide, you bring in the Force One for Hammer Time. Not sure who else I would have brought in the Force One against. I, I think I brought in the Force One against um, Living In as well. Mm. There's a few matchup. Maybe maybe your plan against Four Color Omnath should also have to have a, should also be to have a lot of verdicts. But yeah, 
it's it's a really really good main deck card. I guess the, the force one can maybe come in against uh, Grixis Shadow because they don't have Blood Moon and, and Jace to punish you, and you're you're gonna be in spots where you need to top deck um, Verdict a decent bit. I think it's gonna come up. Having Kahira was nice too, especially with Solitude and Subtlety. That that was definitely like super relevant. The deck was really cool. Add Gaia Reach Sanitarium to combo with Narset. That's my um, favorite part of the deck. I love yeah. Gaia Reach Sanitarium so much. Yeah, yeah. Force of Negation was super good because you're playing this tap-out game, right? You're basically a tap-out deck. Your only real instant is Counterspell. And a bit in the same way as you play Counterspell in, in Omnath, it's kind of a curve play almost. You know, it's like kind of your turn to play. And also sometimes it's late in, good in the late game and kind of same for for blue-white. You know, it was not super impressive, but I countered a Ren on turn two here against Goldugat. And sometimes they sit in your hand for a while and you do end up using it eventually against a matchup like Murktide. Um, it was it was also cool to play Jace. But yeah, you're a tap out there. You're jamming Planeswalkers, kind of keeping them busy, uh, playing removal spell and then hoping to maybe Narset Days Undoing on turn six, or sometimes you just go turn three Narset, turn four Days Undoing. You know, it happened a few times, and some decks are just not that great at pressuring. It's something like Titan or Yagmos, or so yeah. I was just pleasantly surprised was how well things line up. You're a Chalice deck too, so you can get freebies against Cascade decks. Even though sometimes it's funny, I did play a match against Living Anywhere. I went land, they went island, I went land chalice for one, they went cycle riverwinder, I was like, whoops. <laughs> I didn't see so that, that one, was, maybe I was out of the room for that. Yeah, I think that was maybe the league I played the uh, day before, but... That's pretty great. Yeah, just pre- pleasantly surprised. I did have Stoneforge package, that was the original list from George, uh, in the sideboard, kind of transformational sideboard, and I thought at first it made sense, I was like, okay, you're probably going to have a bunch of cards you want to board out in a bunch of different matchups, and this is kind of like... Whenever you have cards you don't like in the main, you can just bring the package in the sideboard. And it just wasn't that great. Every time it was kind of okay, and it seemed like it was kind of annoying for my opponent to deal with, but I felt like I did just did not win near really any games. So from Saturday to Sunday, I switched to more traditional sideboard was more cards like Gust, Dispute, more Dress Downs. Uh, I added a March, a Spreading Seas, a Fur Chalice and whatnot. So. Kind of traditional deck because your your main deck is actually pretty versatile in the first place. You know, it's counterspelled force, the elementals, planeswalkers, pretty versatile removal. So there's just not that many matchups where you have a ton to board out. And w- one card I really love right now is just Dress Down. I feel like that card's just so good against everyone. Snapcaster, Ice Fang, Omnath, Saga tokens, obviously. Uh, Stoneforge Mystic, Pure Steel Pilot. It just feels like every matchup, Grief, uh, maybe it can, you know, save you from a Grief discard. That card is, I had one in the main on Sunday and I had two more in the sideboard. I actually had one more in the sideboard because I submitted 14 sideboard cards because I was in a rush, but I would have had a third one. And I, I think maybe you should just be playing four, honestly. And depending on how you build your deck, especially if you're a bit weak to Saga, you know, we saw Wafu this weekend play four Field of Rune and two Path Twist. No, I think Saturday was playing four Field of Rune, four Paths in blue-white control. And then he toned it down a bit. And I think he was only playing four Field of Runes and two Path on Sunday. I don't know if it was very good for him. I was watching a lot of his games. Because, uh, I, I mean, you know, I take a while, but he takes longer. So I'm done. And we like to watch his matches while we wait for the round. And it seemed like Field of Runes was 
kind of scream scream him over more than was helping him, but it was kind of close. It'd be interesting to 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 hear his thoughts. I'm not sure what he thought about it after. I like playing. the I like his kind of line of thought though. I, I think that there's not that many basics in people's decks, and you know, there's a pretty good decent. If you're going to rely on field of room for for, for fixing. It's really good to have an instant speed cut, catch, or removal spell that you can cast off a single white mana with Path to Exile. So yeah, I, I kind of like what he was thinking, but you know, Waffle's had a pretty bad weekend when he just—he's the one who raids you. Yeah, it's just you—you you get them eventually, but first you gave them the basic. Almost everyone had at least one or two basics, so it's so gimmicky and takes so long. Sure, if the games go super long and it helps you, but how many times did it screw you over? I think having access to some field of ruin is kind of cool, you know, just because Urza Saga is really busted card, and you know, maybe you can't fill in fill your deck full of spreading seas and marches and dress down. But I was I was not super sold um, when I was watching. But yeah, dress down, two thumbs up. That card is kind of makes me want to play just any any blue control deck with four dress down in my seventy five. I still haven't kind of come to terms with how good of a card dress down is. I guess you're kind of what, what you're hinting at is you you're you're, starting, you're getting there at the moment and understand it, realizing it. But every time I used to see people play like a dress down or two dress down in the main of Mokta, I was like, why? Why wouldn't you play that? But every time I would put it in my deck, it was like, all right, I'll begrudgingly do this. It was just a little bit better than I thought it would be every time. And also cycles. Yeah, that, that card is just kind of one of the more subtle, subtly impactful cards from Modern Horizons too. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. like obvious hits in Modern Horizons too. That's one of the slow burners. Yeah, and I've been wondering playing this deck how maybe you can, you know, what you can learn, how you can adapt that to Blue White because Blue White's been kind of struggling. Waffle still manages to to do okay occasionally, but if he's he's struggling, I did like the the four Shark Typhoons when I was watching his games. Um, that seemed kind of good. Seemed like it could be a, you know, make your Murktai matchup really decent. I like I like I honestly like this uh, this nice days undoing plan. Just having that trump is kind of what you need when you're doing something a little bit underpowered. I think in modern, you know, and by by most metrics, blue whites suffers from being underpowered in a kind of traditional traditional blue whites and a traditional blue white build at least. I was wondering, yeah. like, can you go even more heavier into the tap out route? Like, yeah, the, the counter spells were good. I saw you went down from four to three on the Sunday, and like maybe you can go even further than that, like. Honestly, I don't even think Force Negation is actually good at all at the moment. I, I can't think of, like, other than Ren and Six and Teferi, I can't really think of anything I'd really need to force de- that it's, desperately. So like, maybe you can just be like, maybe you can just have more kind of uh, heavy-hitting things to tap out for. Like, I, I, I would have liked to see, like, a t- one to five mana Teferi in the deck, maybe. Or maybe some kind of... Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe Force is the right, the right card for the slot, but can you lean heavier into that tap-out element and get some mileage there well they're already pretty much full tap out i mean you could cut all the counter spells but i have the feeling they're still decent in small numbers yeah i get that feeling too and force of negation works for the plan it's not that there's any cards you're like desperate to counter it's just the tempo mm. the tempo against you know a deck like hammer time you need to just protect yourself from them killing you sometimes and it works well was was chase the mind sculpture you know is a mind sculpture, not the easiest card to protect, but you got Chalice on the one for the removal, you got Solitudes and, and, and Auto Removal, Verdict and, and Prismatic Ending and stuff. And, you know, if you go in our set, you get 
twice value out of it. You have for summation. You don't you don't mind as much. You have days on doing it. Just it just works nicely, you know. Yeah, I guess you would, you are just kind of constantly two for oneing people, so you might as well take one one for two every now and then. It's not that big yeah. of a deal. Yeah, no, I, I it's fine. I was really I was really was quite impressed with the deck. Like, it's just not what I not what I really expected, and I, I did like the idea of the Stoneforge package initially, but I don't think it actually is good enough. Yeah, no, it it sounded it sounded decent, and it was never bad, but just i think i'd rather have there's there's a lot of good sideboard cards you can have i saw i saw valid and slits had hallowed moonlight uh, which is a white and one instant oh. speed draw card and if a creature comes into play and wasn't cast it gets exiled forever so, so it's like anti-creativity tech creativity living end mm. um i think it works just against urza saga too even though i'm not sure you would uh, i think it works against tokens hmm. yeah it's like the old anti-rally ancestors deck from standard. Yeah, I feel like it's probably just worse than having more dress downs, but yeah, it's the poor person's dress down. Yeah. Oh, reanimate or rhinos too. I guess rhinos is is a good one. Didn't think about rhinos. Yeah, I suppose. No, there's For, definitely. I mean, you want you're a white deck. There's definitely great sideboard options available to you. My next my next deck four dress down main deck four hallowed moonlight. Sideboard Hallowed Moonlight. Let's be. Let's have, let's show no. some show some restraint. No main phase. Main, main you know that does it, it doesn't sub dash, don't it? <laughs> no cycle of main phase. Try to make you land drop. Great deck. Yeah. So so yeah, that was that, that was that was um, my modern experience. I think uh, Murktide won on Sunday against Young Dingo was playing a red black uh, grief fury uh, undying evil etc. It was definitely a grief deck. For sure. and, uh, I think it was Baumi, and I think they went undefeated. I think they were eight and zero in the Swiss, and yeah, three more wins. I think that's right. But on on the Saturday, I think the Saturday challenge was won by Calibrated Blast. If I really, yeah, like I, wow. I'm pretty sure Calibrated Blast won on a won on the on the Saturday, which is Damn. yeah, I, I secretly like Cal- Calibrated Blast. I Everything it about. Was- kind of mediocre i think it's pretty bad but i i kind of like i like what it's doing i love that the it's like combo piece is like redundant and it comes as two copies because it has flashback i love the kind of deserts package to deal the last five points because like you just gotta get gotta get the last few shots in it's just really funny to me every time every time i play against it and they're like they, they like deal me 11 or something and they're like come on ram it up ruins it, yeah. just, it just makes me laugh every time I play against it. It's just great. It's great value. But anyway, it's, it's great to see it win on the, on the Saturday. Definitely some yeah. of the games where it's going to rip through. Yeah, and if you want to look at the Blu-ray list that won on Sunday, it had actually Dragon Ray Chandler. It had a uh, mix, yes. a subtle mix. Four Ragavans, three Merktites, two Shredder, three Chandler, and one Brazen Boar. The Brazen Boar. Spe- it's yeah. back. With a spell it. snare, and I guess they trimmed the lightning bolts. They mm. trimmed. They're not playing dress down or explosives. I guess brazen bar is their flex slot. And I really, I, I was. It's been long enough on the cast that I, I was going to say that the something I have learned in the kind of month I've been really, uh, I've been uh, for not playing a huge amount of magic. That was like, what I when I have played, I've played with lots of dragon rages, channel and Merktide, and it's been great again. It just. Yeah. I think the only matchup where having all the shredders and no channels is really good is the mirror. And to be perfectly frank, there's things that are more important than the mirror. You know, I mean, there's there's definitely like endurance heavy matchups. So maybe like Yogmoth or something where you're kind of, you really appreciate having shredder 
as opposed to Dragon Rage's channel. But you really do need to win matches against uh, Four Color, and the best way to win matches against Four Color is to have Dragon Rage's channel in your deck. So it's it's not surprising to me that I think the to see the last few weeks of successful blue red lists have been uh, channeler channeler heavy as opposed to shredder heavy. I think the you know, shredder was kind of went a little bit too far down that path in terms of uh, you know people just just throwing throwing channelers and completely out of the deck, and then you know when four color rises up again, you need to make the pivot back to the cheaper threat. But yeah, you know blue red still still a fine choice. Yeah, I was looking at the the top eight on Sunday. It was actually free Merc Tides, free Hammer Time, a Burn, and Young Bingo and Red Black. So not a ton of uh, diversity there. Nah, that's all right. It's, it's modern. It's all it's yeah. Top it's still it's, yeah. It's still the matches are even. You know, these matches are are super interesting. Whether you're playing against Merc Tide, playing against Hammer Time is a headache. Always super tough. Yeah. I, I enjoy the games. Honestly, the gameplay in modern at the moment is just supremely excellent it's better than it's ever been in its entire existence in my opinion i was talking about this with a friend in australia recently just you know i hadn't spoken to him for a little while and we were just reflecting he was you know f- for the almost the entirety of modern's duration before i left australia he just despised the format like he would just play it because we had to mm-hmm. you know yeah, but it would always just be like why am i preparing for this tournament when i can i'm just going to put my head down try and do my combo thing and my opponent's going to do the same thing and it's just a race to the finish line and no one's interacting like he found it really fr- he found it really frustrating and unrewarding, but you know, Modern Horizons is you know as much as Modern has become Modern Horizons constructed or block constructed, it's changed changed the dynamic, the gameplay dynamic so much f- heavily in favor of kind of interaction and you know interesting games of Magic where what you your sequencing and your like your the way you choose to where you choose to spend your interaction points is really 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 important and meaningful. And that's, I think that's, that's, that's an overall, an overall positive, even if it has kind of stripped some of the uh, original identity of the format away. It's now this kind of, it's its own beast, but the beast is really cool. I mean, free spells and one mana interaction, like that's, that's kind of, that feels like pure magic to me in a lot of respects. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoy it as well. And I, I love I love seeing this blue white deck kind of crop up and kind of have a new slant on things and like Young Dingo playing this like you know playing you know scam deck basically like you know the, the full kind of uh, pitch card combo plus Blood Moons and Magus of the Moons and Ragavans to just try and get under your opponent. Yeah, yeah. There's still cool things happening. <laughs> Maybe blue white is not that bad. Honestly, I, I was looking at Saturday topics and there's another blue white in the top four. Every week we say blue white like it's kind of mediocre and stuff, but I still feel like every week there's one blue white in the top eight. Maybe the decks played a lot. I don't think so though. And that list has a little spice. It has fateful absence. Just kind of versatile removal for two mana, but gives them a clue. That's the that's the one in standard, right? That's like destroy a creature or planeswalker, right? That's that's in the that's in the uh in the pioneer blue white decks. Yeah, pioneer yeah. explorer. That card's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> it's so awful. Every time I draw it in my hand in pioneer, I'm like, oh my god. Oh, I hope I don't have to kill something really soon. <laughs> it's a combo with Charm. You give them the the clue and then steal the clue. Oh, very good. Yeah, that's right. That's perfect. One, minus one for you, plus one for me. It's exactly the same as drawing two for yourself. <laughs> I think that control is just in general pretty decent because I've played two leagues this week. One with blue-white control with four cryptic commands, and I went 4-1. Did and you? And my only... Lo- 
Sorry, yeah? No, sorry. Sorry, that's that's awesome. I thought you did poorly. I wasn't sure. No, yeah, I went 4-1, and my only loss, games 1 and 3 against Creativity, I missed my third land drop with, like, six draw steps or something, and in game 2, they kept a one-land hand, and I won on turn 4 with it. It was, like, the most skewed match I've ever played. Game 1, I got three lands, missed, like, a land on seven draws or something, and then game 2, they keep a one-lander, high-spreading season win, game 3. What, and then did... they just go turn to explore, turn three to fairy with dispute. What did you cut for cryptic command? Oh my, that's a good question. Were you playing four snaps? Was it four cryptics? Were you playing like four, me... four charms and four cryptic? I hope you were playing four gamma spell, four charm, four cryptic. Four so snap, I definitely so. cut down on Archmage Charm. I didn't want to play zero. <laughs> that's I played two snap, two solitude, one timeless dragon. The Planeswalkers were 3 Tef, 1 Wandering Emperor, 2 Tef Hero. Then the spells, we got 4 Prismatic Command, 4 Counterspell, 3 Archmage's Charm, 4 Cryptic Command, 4 Fire Ice, 2 Supreme Verdict, 3 Chalice of the Void, and I decided to play 25 lands because I was worried about hitting my land drop. And went 4-1, beat... Uh, it was quite random matchups. Like, how, I played against Burn... How is Sorry, Cryptic yeah? Command... It was really good against. No, I'm. It was good in the mirror. I played a blue light control mirror, and I think it saved me against a hall of the storm giants because they tapped out to activate it, and then I just bounced draw, bounced draw. Yeah, they were like, "Well, he has free cryptics in the yard already." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, couldn't possibly play around it. <laughs> yeah, but I think that, well, first off, I didn't really draw that many cryptic commands, and when I did draw them, obviously it was like a forced draw, because if you draw so many cards, you're eventually going to draw four of in your deck. So I think I drew them at the right time. I also think that I played against decks slow enough for it to be okay, never saw Hammer Time, Burn was great because I had Chalice, Prismatic Ending, and I had three Aether Gust in the sideboard. Honestly, yeah. just having all the hard counters against Burn is really good as well. Yeah, and... um. I think, you know, it adds on to your point. You guys were like, oh, maybe Blue White's okay. I just think maybe the shell is really good. I think Wandering Emperor is secretly really good. I think Teferi Time Raveler is very powerful right now. I think there's a lot of trump cards in the deck that just carry it. I also played another league that I'm editing for my YouTube channel right now, where I, instead of playing four Cryptic Command, I play four Esper Charm. And that league I went 3-2, but both of my losses, I think one loss was to Living End, where they had, like, I, I went 0-2 against Living End, even though I had three Chalice of the Void, three Tef. Because I, I don't remember why, but it was, like, just absurd draws. I think they had, like, double grief one game, and the other game they had, like, force grief or something. And then I lost as well to Red-Green Ponza, where they had double or triple Ragavan game three to win. It was on the early turns. So I think I think that... And obviously, I probably made mistakes, but I think that blue eye control, the shell, is very, very good. And that's why I've really, you know, I, I won't say Cryptic Commander Esper Charm are good, but I definitely think that blue white is pretty decent I think in the meta if you're avoiding I, four colors. I think you're circling around a, 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 similar, a similar point to the kind of Nase conversation, which is like you do need something that kind of lets you go big if you're going to try and be essentially, you know, playing in the same kind of time frame of game as a deck like four color omnath you need to have something that lets you go over the top in that mid game you know where the nasa days undoing or just having a shit ton of like dismisses in your deck you know as in uh, as cryptic commands and so 
it's possible that we've just been trying to do blue white wrong the entire time we should have just been kind of you know leaning on chalice to try and to try and cheese out decks that are really like hoping to kind of you know use all the one mana it's a very cheap spells to kind of get a huge tempo advantage on you and then just try and haymaker over the top of a deck like four color which is pretty difficult all things considered to try and out haymaker a deck that has 80 cards in it and plays all the best colors or whatever but at the same time like i think you have to you have to make a decision like you can't be small balling in those matchups i don't think i think they're just like the I, you know if you think about the way waffle has been building building blue white like all these snap caster mages and cantrips and stuff like that I'm not, I mean, I'm, who, who am I to question the master? But in a lot of respects, he's not doing something that's too dissimilar to a deck like Blue Red Merktide, except his cards just cost three times as much. And so you got to be, you got, there's got to be a different angle, I think, if, you, if you're going to make Blue White a player in, in, in a format like Modern at the moment. Yeah, and I think the, the angle is Chalice plus the Fairy Time, Rival, time Rivaler. As, as much as I hate it, you know, having played gimmicky stuff like Chalice of the Void in your control deck, I think it's really good right now. The synergy with Teferi Time Raveler is nice when you're bouncing an Amulet or one drop, any one drop, and I think Verdict's really good. Um, yeah, just Modern's a creature format. You look at all the best decks, they're all creature is. decks. Whether Absolutely. it's the combo decks, the Cascade decks, the, they're all creature decks, and Verdict's pretty good against all of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even like Living End and stuff like that. Like Verdict's a fine card against Living End. If you can stop that yeah. violent outburst turn, then you they have to shardless agent you, and you just you get to sweep them, and have to start again. There's only four copies of living in their deck, if that. Yeah, yeah. One card I wanted to play and couldn't because of Kahira was Wall of Blo- uh, Wall of Omens, and uh. that, that that's kind of a fairly effective way to build your deck against living in and Merktide. You just play walls, and then you know when they live in when. Um, you know, you play walls, they're living in, you play a verdict, then your walls in the yard, and every time they're living in, you get to draw. I don't know. I remember for some reason that was good in the past. Maybe you know, I'm losing my mind. But yeah, no, just in general, sweepers, sweepers kind of good. So maybe we should stop hating on blue whites. They did make yeah. me want to just play more and more blue white, just different, you know. Yeah, just different configurations of uh, yeah. uh, and trying new things in the shell. I mean, it's probably a challenge for listeners as well. Like, you know, think about what the best thing you can possibly do to go over the top of a deck like four color is, and that's probably where you want to build your blue white deck. Yeah, because that really, really that that is the only truly heinous matchup, right? Everything else is kind of forty five ish or whatever, you know, or forty eight ish. You know, you're probably soft to ragged bands on turn one. Yeah, that was a lot of my losses. Was that version of blue white to the days I, on doing one? I mean, I had four endings and solitudes. I definitely saw you, your opponent with lots of treasures in play, which is never a good sign. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of power lies now as well in the triumphs because, for example, splashing Esper Charm, I really didn't have to change much to the mana base to play a lot of black cards, and I, I like that Fire Ice, for example, is not an uncastable card on the fire side, so. I definitely think that I want to see more blue-white splashing something being played because we do have to play three, four colors because of prismatic ending. Yeah, yeah. that helps. Was was as for charm though? Were you playing Archmage Charm as well? Because it seems so much worse than Archmage Charm. Yeah. So I mean, I know you I do did... it for the for the YouTube's and the clickbaits and to try stuff out, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like this was obviously just for the YouTube clicks, but. What's interesting is I played against Amulet Titan and and you blow up a saga. 
I had to beat them game two and three. Actually, not Saga, but the problem was is beating a Cavern of Souls against mm. Titan, and they had it all three games, like turn, turn, early turn. Oh, they have a lot of copies so, of that card in their deck at the moment. I mean, I think it's yeah. not uncommon to see lists, lists with four Caverns between main and side. But, you know, the, the, the previous Titan matchup is Esper Control, is you'd make them discard cards, but the problem is that for some reason Titan decks right now, I don't know if it's a meme, but they're playing Hydroid Crisis. So my opponent was playing Hydroid Crisis, you know, turn four, turn six, fueling up. I couldn't really make them discard, so I used it to destroy Dryad, and it was so, uh, very effective. I think the, the Crisis is kind of half of a concession to try and beat Blood Moon, and I think it's also just having that kind of threat that doesn't actually need to resolve to be powerful against the Counterspell heavy decks. That's that's my my understanding as to why people are playing Crisis at the moment. Like they, How does it beat Blood Moon? I mean, they just fe- they play they, they Basic fetch- Island. Well, I think they are. They're playing Basic Island, so they're fetching kind of they're fetching Island because they play Misty Rainforest, right? They have some number of fetches in their deck, so they have Misty oh. Rainforest. So they have like Forest Island. They might even sideboard the Island in in the matchups where Crisis is going to be important post board. But that's mm-hmm. the idea is to have like a kind of single green mana threat or single green single blue threat that they can use to result to kind of play in that kind of like mid to late game to just kind of pull them through the the, the barrage of counter spells basically i've seen a lot of hydro crisis crisis crises recently yeah it's it's funny because uh, dress down kills the crisis so they pay like you know 50 uh, 16 mana and i just play dress down <laughs> they still draw so like seven nice. cards now yeah. unless you have narset in play Ooh, true. But yeah, I had an upticking to Fairy Hero, so it's like they can draw as many cards as they like, but as soon as I ult, they're in a difficult spot. No, this is a specific spot. Did you play Kai's Guile in your Esper deck? Because that's, that's a, a kind of yeah, old, old favorite of mine that I haven't yeah, cast I in a played... very long time. So the black cards I played was one Blood Chief's Thirst, one Kaya, the Planeswalker, one Kai's Guile, four Esper Charm, and then in the sideboard I had two or three more guiles those were the only black cards mm. i thought kaya would be good because i feel like a lot of the time um i have to play off curve with prismatic endings and i'd rather spend three mana and it's also just a three mana ending exile one one thing i thought the exile in graveyard would be okay against some decks i'm always so. secretly impressed with with kaya with the three really? mana kaya. yeah i, I, was, I, I always am i Every time I put it, every time I decide that I'm going to play a league with it in my deck, either it's in Modern or in Pioneer, it always winds up just killing like three permanents in like a match and then like eating a person's graveyard and like I kill my opponent with it or something like that. Like what the hell is going on? Like why is it breaking like this? This card that reads so terribly on the, on, the, on its face always it's winds up doing, going, I just, I've, I, honestly, if I play like what, if I play a league with, with Kyle, Kai in my deck, I will literally kill my opponent with it one one game out of like the ten or whatever I play. Yeah, I feel like it's I up because it's it's like a trap card. Every time I try, <laughs> yep. it's like super disappointing. It almost it almost certainly is. I think it's just, it's just another another uh, another data point in favor of every time I I try and play a game of Magic, I learn absolutely. I come away stupider than when I went in. I I know I'm further from the truth than I was to go to begin with. I just walk away thinking yeah. that you know four cryptic command is fantastic. Esper Charm's where it's at, and Kaya's Guile. <laughs> oh, no, not Kaya's Guile, just, just Kaya, Ozo Usurper, <laughs> is the best card in the format. Yeah. I Did would, you, um... I was going to say, I would love to go, have man. stats on Arknith Charm's mode, like how often you use each mode. What would, what would your best guess be? I would say... Modes? Hmm. I would say 80% draw to. 
I would say my first Archmage's Charm in a game would be draw two. My second would be Counterspell. I think my first is Counterspell. I was going to say yeah. 60, yeah, maybe 60% draw two, maybe 30% counter, and maybe 10% steal. I can't, I can't be 10% steal. Yeah, yeah, maybe 5% yeah. steal. 5% steal. I think it's only 5% and like 50% 45. I'm pretty, it's pretty close between drawing two and countering spells for me. But depends which deck you, it depends which deck you're putting it in as well, right? Like, so I play it, I play it almost primarily in Merktide where that kind of, that one extra counter spell is really quite valuable. Whereas if you're playing a kind of, you know, if you're playing like blue white or, you know, some kind of, you know, controller that has three or four copies of Archimedes Charm, then you wind up being like, oh, well, I can kind of burn through this one to draw two and I'll draw into another one soon and that'll protect me. You have other answers to things that people might cast, whereas, you know, Merktide's really about just kind of having that last kind of little bit of disruption to kind of to close the door. So, yeah, I probably wind up casting Counterspell more than I, than, than I do draw two, but it's close. Do love to steal, though. Stealing is great. <laughs> Did you play any other decks, Gab? For modern, no. I played it. I played a bit of Pioneer and some Alchemy, but modern that was that's kind of it for me. What's been going on in, in Pioneer for you? I played blue black control. I've been playing blue white a lot. I doing well and liking it. And I said I'd give blue black a shot. I did. I played two leagues, and basically, I feel like it might be better than blue white in most matchups, but worse than red black. That's my Yep. My small sample, though, I got, I lost twice to red black. I didn't win a game. Yep. Some some of the games were kind of close, but that was basically my experience. The mirror, you know, playing against blue white with blue black is nice. Um, against green, I'm not sure which one's better. It seems like maybe black's a little better. You know, push at instant speed, extinction event. Yeah, extinction event's um, a big a big winner against against mono green, especially in game one where you like actually do get. They have so many. All their creatures are odd creatures. Yeah, you have, yeah. You have, yeah, you have Soul Shatter too. It seemed like it was lining up nicely. Um, but it's probably still kind of close. Do you, do you know about that matchup, Harry? Mono Green against Blue Black? Yeah, so incidentally, Cherry and I obviously practice a brown blue black and that's why we love ceratops and pelucranos as well because we would prioritize getting even and odd on the board. The Karyatid also helps. I think generally speaking, that matchup if they're on a removal plan, we normally win. Whereas if you're on a counter spell plan, we normally lose because counter, counter, counter board wipe lines up way better against green than uh, kill, kill, kill. Because you're like, I don't know. I think I generally think that's better for us. If you have all the counters, we generally lose, I think. Yeah. So you'd rather play against blue black or... counter spells oh um i think white. that blue black again again i i think blue black is more scary because yeah your removal spells are more instant speed whereas blue black control is verdicts portal portable holes that whereas blue black is soul shatter fatal push cycle shark typhoon yeah I'm... so it's like way more hard to predict and play around because we only have to worry about wandering emperor as instant speed whereas with blue black you guys have millions of different things you can have i will say that there's more hard counters in the longer game with blue white but uh you know it's vetoes versus kind of just senses and make disappears from blue black but I, I, I was uh i was pleasantly surprised with blue black as well and i definitely think that's one of those 
one of those decks where it kind of gives you a big edge if you're playing the pseudo mirror like it's it's really good to be blue black against blue white i think and yeah. you know there's a bunch of other matchups so, you know, when you're playing it's a load of the ground creature decks it's fun, it's good as well but yeah red black is just so much worse just so so much worse like you just don't have that kind of you know you don't have access to dream trawler your planeswalkers are worse overall I mean, when you play against Red Black and you're versus as, as Blue White, the only cards that really matter in your deck are the Wandering Emperor and Teferi Hero of Dominaria. Everything else is mm. kind of just treading water. Like Supreme Verdict's pretty good as well, but um, yeah, Red Black, it, it was not Black, 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 Blue Black doesn't get that doesn't get that luxury, you know. Yeah, Dig Free Time was good. It did make me want to try and fit Dig Free Time again in in Blue White control, but I'm not sure. You can really make it work. It's definitely much better in blue black. And I was thinking maybe a way to get better against red black would be to add more gear hulks. I was only playing one gear hulk, one horror in the main. Mm. I think second second gear hulk could help and cards like five mana Ashok. Yep. To try and you know the same way the same way you beat them with Teferi, maybe Ashok could help. But at the end of the day, sure you might get a two for one. But they have dread boars, they have Colgan's command, they have their they have their own card advantage. So yep. I'm not sure if it would make that big of a difference. Are you overlooking our Lord and Savior, the Scarab God? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, the Scarab God. I didn't think about the Scarab God. Scarab God seems like it could be good. They still have removal and trespass, where I guess they can kind of get around it a bit. But they don't have very yeah. many removal spells that actually just kill it outright, other than dread boar. No. Like that, most of the removal is damage based, right? Or it's like four, uh, or it's fatal push. There's just a couple of copies of Dreadborn in the deck. Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen copies of Scarab God in the sideboard, and I pres- and I presumed it was for red black, but I've never actually like sideboarded it in and drawn it. In yeah, that matchup. I, well, I sideboarded it, in, but I didn't draw it. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't actually think about the Scarab God, but yeah, if I was going to play some more blue black, I'd definitely try something along those lines. If you're looking to make your Red black matchup better. It's, it's definitely a great dig through time deck though, and I'm really I'm really glad that it kind of got you a little bit uh, thirsty to put blue white in, uh, put dig back in blue white, even in limited numbers. I don't think you need to go overboard. Maybe I was kind of too 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 deep down the rabbit hole with the kind of four consider and build, but you know where you have the kind of two memory deluge. Maybe you're supposed to have like two memory deluge and a dig. You know, you do put cards in your graveyard even just kind of naturally in blue white. You know, four sensor, they get cycled pretty easily, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Another thing I want to say was how impressed I was, was Kelly Tass. That card just was MVP for me. That card was so, so good against pretty much everyone. I bet in the same way that Settled Wreckage was good for me in Blue White Control. And I like having two in the sideboard. And just these four mana cards are just so many aggressive decks, so many creature decks. And it's it's nice to have these cards that are kind of hard to hard to beat. Whether it's against red, white, uh, if anything, Kalitas probably even better than than Settled Wreckage was even more impressive. Yeah, I mean, this so, is, as much as we're talking about modern as a creature format, Pioneer is also a creature format. Yeah, there's a reason Red Black plays two Kalitas in the main. I guess most lists you'll see the two Chandra, two Kalitas split into four drop and. I can see why. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's just a really, really powerful card. Especially when you got that one mana like removal spell that just kind of gives you that turn five play of just turn it around. It completely turns the game around playing Kalidas and pushing that pushing that, that one or two drop. Yeah. But yeah, Ge- Gearhawk's an impressive card though. I'm, I, and kind of one of the selling points of blue-black. 
yeah, that and being able to literally play at instant speed. I think mm. every card in your deck is instant speed except for maybe the sweepers, like did, Extinction Event, Path, Path you, of Peril. And then did, you like make, did you like Make Disappear? I didn't play Make Disappear. Very smart. I, 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 I approve of your disdain for Make Disappear. Did you just see it in, in the list and then just cut it for Sensor? Yeah, I just went up to four Sensor. <laughs> yes. I played Free Negates. One card that... Beautiful. Um, I was not sure about and that actually people in the chat were kind of split. Some people were saying it's the reason to play blue black. Some people were saying uh, it shouldn't make the cut was Tainted Indulgence. Mm. So I ended mm. up going with two and I was really happy, honestly, yeah. with the two. I felt like whenever I draw it, drew it, I was happy it was not another reactive card. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was just about finding the sweet spot, you know, not having too much card draw, but having enough. So I was playing... To consider two indulgence, one playing at the sensors to cycle, yeah. a couple dicks, couple deluge, just you know, right balance in all things. Yeah. I guess I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I had when I, I played the list I played had two tenant indulgence as well, and it felt like it was just a sweet spot. Every time it turned up, I was like, "Phew, that was good," and like I, you know, I got the kicker mode essentially online relatively relatively easily. There's like a good wide range of casting costs in that blue black deck. Do you play any shark typhoon? Yeah, I had free sharks in the main. Because I always found that make disappear was really good when you sacrifice the shark. Does that come up, really? I mean, in theory, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the only... I mean, I think that make disappear is really good against green. I don't know any anything else, but on the early turns, that's very effective yeah. against things like Kiora. Yeah, and Oath of Nyssa. Yeah, you you you're spot on, Harry. I think the the the, the one the major defensive uh, make disappear is that it's very difficult to count, to land a counter to land a sensor against mono green. In those yeah. kind of early early turns, they can really easily play it, pay the extra one mana and not really be disrupted heavily. Whereas the make disappear come kind of catches them with their pants down a little bit, where they go, okay, I'll just play around sensor here and just get buried. Yeah. You could maybe play both. You could play sensor and make disappear. Some some ways play like a, a split. You could yeah. play more of these cards. I was playing free negates for sensor. Yeah, it might be right to just have sun. one make disappear to keep people honest. Uh, yeah, kinda... I don't want make disappear makes that much sense if you already have four sensor free negates, and then when you get to free mana, you have your four sabotage. So mm. yeah, maybe not. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me, and I felt like I was pretty happy with sensor. I did okay overall. I had these two losses against red black. I lost against something else. I don't remember what. I went seven free. Uh, in the two leagues I played, yeah, I, I I had a good time playing blue deck as well. It, it's yeah, it's it's a solid it's a solid tier two deck in that format. Yeah, a good alternative choice to blue white control with yeah. a, some or, gl- glaring weaknesses against one of the best decks. Yeah, if you think the one's going to show up was red black, or if maybe you know a bunch of scarab gods could be the answer. Yeah. What, what about what about grease fang? I know you probably spoke about it a bit last week with um. With, with Cherry, but you played a bunch of Abzan and Grease Fang over the last kind of couple of weeks. And I've been talking to friends back in Australia and we had a whole bunch of us of our, of our old testing testing group have won uh, RCQs over the last two or three weeks with a bunch of different Grease Fang variants. Uh, so my friend Sam Loy won with, uh, with Esper Grease Fang, uh, Anthony Lee, who's just started a rival podcast with Andrea Mangucci and Javier Dominguez. Uh, one with a Mardu Grease Fang, which was kind of like, looks like red black. Like it looks like the red black mid range deck, but it has Grease Fang kind of package in it. Um, and some, a bunch of other people, friends of mine, have have done well recently with with, with Grease Fang. Do you still do you still think that deck's really good? Because 
you know, by judging the paper results that come out of Australia at the very least, it looks like they could, you know, the Grease Fang strategy is just busted. I've only played the Avzan version recently and it was okay. It was pretty good, but it was also not very fun to play because some games you didn't do much, some games you killed them really fast. Hmm. Some games are kind of grindy and interesting, but it's not the most fun deck to play. I haven't played the Esper Mario versions in a while. These decks were really popular in Explorer, right? I think on, on Arena, yeah, which is similar to, to Historic. And they were not, you know, at first everyone was like, "Oh, Grease Fang is busted." This, that. I remember, I think it was Juza who was saying, "Like, if you're not playing Mario Grease Fang, you're making a huge mistake." But they ended up like not being anything special, you know. I think they're just probably just fine decks. Maybe, maybe they're better than I think they are, but I don't think they're anything like super special. Yeah, I'm in our testing. I thought I said to Cherry like when Absen Reese Fang was discovered, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this deck is so good! I think we're probably gonna end up playing it." And then we tested it out, and we were like, "Oh, when you don't have a nut draw, you're <laughs> just a crappy, really, really crappy deck." Yeah. So, and I feel like playing against Reese Fang, I've never seen so many. Um, grizzly salvages whiff in my life but they consistently have terrible grizzly salvages and i think that esper chariot isn't super amazing when they don't have the parhelion so i would say it's a good deck but the problem is is that i can't really pinpoint where you get your value between green red black and blue white and that's a big problem for me because i feel like all three of them have good cards that beat you and yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't think they it consistently beats the any of the top three. So my, my friend's strategy with this Madu Madu version was, you know, kinda interesting. I think that having access to discard outlets that are just generally good cards, like Fable the Mirror Breakers is a good card and it lets you discard Parhelions. Um, you know, Grease Fang and Parhelion being your only combo pieces now and you know, you can get you can get Parhelion in the graveyard with Bloodline Harvester, sacrificing a blood blood token, Fable of the Mirror Breaker, and also they were playing um, a Danto Vanguard, which is the uh, you know the one the one one that gets plus two plus oh one it attacks and discard a card. So what? no 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 season Hollow Blade season Hollow Blade sorry it's a, it's oh, right, okay. so it's one of the one of those two I can't remember which one it was. It's the one that lets you discard a card to give it indestructible and tap it. So they're putting kind of like, you know, this kind of like mid-range beatdown deck, but also having the combo element. I guess it's kind of analogous to what was going on with the Abzan, Abzan Grease Fang deck, but, you know, I, I think Fable the Mirror Break is better than any card in the, the green offers. Well, and, yeah, you get Fable, but green gets an extra decent equip, uh, vehicle in Chariot. and Yeah, yeah, I, I just think there's, you know... I, I was just kind of uh, wondering what, you, what, what what your thoughts was, considering that you know all I've been hearing about from a kind of the, like from back back home is that that Grease Fang is is king, and we should you know we're, we're all very silly if you're not playing it. But here we are talking about blue black at length. Yeah, I I would say no, and I think the explanation for that is that. Grease Fang is a very awkward deck to play against, and it's very easy to punish people because the game ends very quickly, so one bad turn from an inexperienced player can just let everything slip through. 
Oh, so you think it's just kind of beating up on beating up on people not really knowing what's going on, rather than when you played against a prepared field, it's just not not the, not really as good as thing, as good as some of the other options. Well, I think I think specifically Green has a very complicated game against Grease Fang because you have to like I I say like Kamikaze the Carns a lot of the time, like play the Carn, play a Tor Mods Crypt, and it's very awkward because you have to get Carn down. And you have to do specific things to stop them, and mulligan decisions are hard. So, I think the deck is definitely good because it puts green in an awkward spot. But I wouldn't put them ahead of green. Yeah, I don't but have yeah. a strong opinion on whether the deck is really good or just good. Or yeah, I don't know. Did you play any other pioneer decks, Gab? No, I think it was just blue black this week. Blue white and blue black. Okay. Well, I, I don't want to. We do have a lot of Popper fans. I don't want to... I'll literally say two minutes of my opinion on the format. I've been playing Popper for the past two weeks. Um, Cherry X-Man and I have been testing together and Popper actually... Cherry played three Popper leagues today that I kind of followed along with through screenshots and sometimes over video call. And I played the Popper Challenge. I played Blue Red Delver. I actually think Blue Red Delver is not good anymore in Popper. I think that the format is becoming very aggressive. Uh, Popper a year, a year and a half ago was all Tron, very slow, turns going to turn 25, whereas nowadays I feel like Popper is very aggressive, land destruction, blood tokens, fast affinity decks. I feel like it's a very aggressive, low-to-the-ground format, uh, and I've been having fun with it, I'll be real. Uh, so I enjoyed that. I think that for the next Popper Challenge, I'm going to be playing a new... I say new. Well, yeah, it's kind of new. It's Red Black Madness using Blood Tokens and Faithless Looting. We, Cherry and I have been pretty high on it. And I also played some Standard. I Maybe 1% of you play. But I played Mono Green in the Standard Challenge and I went 0-3 drop. Standard is very confusing right now. It honestly felt almost higher power level than Pioneer. In the sense that I had no clue what was happening. I was dying so fast and every card did a million things. More like it felt like insanely different than standard I'm used to. Hated the format and I'm not going to play it again. Cherry also felt the same way. And I felt mono green was really weak. But then I saw it did well in the challenge anyway. So I don't understand standard. <laughs> Popper's quite fun. Yeah. I've been playing other formats too. I've been playing Alchemy. Testing for the Arena Qualifier coming up this weekend. I started testing a bit, played some Esper, it was pretty good. And there is that John deck, kind of a John combo deck. I guess I'm not going to get into details. If you know about Alchemy, you know what I'm talking about. And basically this deck got nerfed. They announced um, changes like 10 days before the Qualifier, which was, I think, unexpected. People figured if they didn't change, change it uh, you know, by then, they would not change it. But yeah. Um, they, they nerfed uh, the John Combo deck, and basically I've played only Esper so far, and Esper is very good. There's a card called Diviner of Fates, which is a free drop, Esper free drop. It's a two free. When it enters the battlefield, it connives, so you loot. And if you discard a spell, you get a counter. And once a turn, when you discard, you seek for a card from the same type, meaning you get a random card from your deck that's the same type. So you play it on turn three, you loot, and if you discard an instant, you get a random instant from your deck. So it's basically gonna be a free four that draws you a card almost always. And 
you know, there's another ridiculous card. Oh, that one's going to be tough to explain, but it's a Jin. It's a six mana Jin, five, six flying, and basically you can cycle it for two. It taps a non-land, you cycle it, so you draw, and then you create a copy that goes seven from the top, and that one goes in your graveyard, and when you have three in your graveyard, you can bring back one back for free. It's like not Sorry, basically. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's far too much tech. There's no way that's ever fit on a magic card, even if it's got a scroll bar. I refuse to believe this is ridiculous. Sorry, I'm. I know you're enjoying this format, and props to anyone who does. But holy shit! So, so basically, when was you going to stop talking? <laughs> the way it works is it, once you've cycled free, if they didn't exile your graveyard, you get one back into play tap for free, and on top of that, it creates copies that. So you keep adding copies in your deck, so you're most likely to draw, more likely to draw them, and you know you're at least drawing a second one seven from the top, and it's kind of this you know, cycling win condition that's probably really good in historic that would probably be pretty decent if it was printed in modern as a win con. So yeah, these two cards are busted and my plan right now is to just jam Esper until I hit a wall. I'm not mythic yet and just see if I keep winning with Esper, try different variants of Esper, but yeah, these two cards are just kind of absurd. I just magic left me that side of magic left me behind way too far. I just I've just normally I for so long I kept so much mental space for all magic cards. Like whenever magic card would come out, I would file away being like, Yeah, I know that one. I know that one. I would read it when it came up on the spoiler, but alchemy really just put me over the edge. Like that is not for me. That is in another kind of realm. <laughs> and Yeah. Honestly that card like maybe it's interesting or something. I, I, I don't alerts. A huge boomer alert, like massive boomer alert. Just really stupid boomer alert as well. Like just like basically don't don't want to engage with it because I can't retain the information required to know about it more than anything else. But holy shit, there's a lot of text on that card. I just I just don't find it fun and you know, I just don't go anywhere near that type of stuff. I'm gonna be honest, I try to listen to you explain the cards and I can't even name one line of text. That you said cycling <laughs> you, cycling you, you heard me say draw a card a bunch no cycling i heard like something like cycle for two maybe and yeah. knife let, let me hear just I've, just i'm gonna i'm gonna try 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 something i'm gonna try and tell you what that card does God, no. so i i think that it has a cycling cost and when you cycle it you make a copy of it and put it in your library seven cards from the top what and then or another, as a separate part of the cycling action, it checks your graveyard to see if there's also how many copies of this card there are in the graveyard simultaneously. And if there's three copies in the graveyard, then you make something. Probably a yeah, copy I'm of sorry. itself. If, someone needs to be if there's three copy in the graveyard, it's part of the trigger. You can exile yeah. two of them to bring back one in play. So you right. can just like... Keep oh cycling, so you, you get one in play for every free you cycle. Basically. But every time you cycle one, you put one back in your deck. Essentially, seven from the top as well. You create one. Yeah, you create you create a copy in your deck, so you wind up like, yeah, okay, right. That's, yeah, right. <laughs> Fine. Like, <laughs> okay. oh, and it has it has Ward two. <laughs> Someone needs to be fired. I really hope Ward two is all actually, the way down the bottom of the scroll bar. <laughs> it's actually pretty fun, you know. I've had fun playing explorer i'm having fun playing this format i'm not saying it's the greatest ever but i'm having fun i'm also in a unique spot of it's my job i have yeah. to play magic and maybe you know maybe it's fun 
as far as a job goes and for someone who has the choice to you know it's their hobby and they have the choice to play any magic format or any game maybe i'd say like why would I, this is actually not I'm, that fun There's i completely but i completely understand understand that point of view actually i i was i was gonna give the analogy my my, my job is particularly like you know, it's complicated and it's difficult in times and it's incredibly frustrating in some spots. But one of the beautiful things about my job is that it's different quite often. Like one, any day could be different from the other way. Like one day I could be doing like modeling on my computer. The other day I could be working like I'm a mechanic in the lab or I could be kind of giving a presentation somewhere. And I like that kind of variety. And, you know, when, you know, you're doing this, for, you're playing magic for a job. And, you know, if you had to play modern every single day for forever, it would get really miserable and really tiring and so you're having things to change and refresh refresh yourself by giving yourself invested in something different it's definitely got some merit to it and so i'm not saying that this sort of, this sort of format shouldn't exist or, or anything like that like magic should just be standard and modern and nothing else but that's not what i'm trying to say it's just like holy shit that's a lot of words on that card yeah yeah uh, it's funny I, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're enjoying it and presumably other people are enjoying it too because I, I remember when I started streaming like five years ago, I remember there was stretches where I was like, what am I going to play? You know, I've been playing that format and there's nothing I want to try. There's no when you started, cube going on. There's, when you started you know, streaming, it was like you played that blue-white cycling control deck every day for like three months. Yeah, and it was fun. It was a deck I enjoyed and it yeah. was one of the best decks in the format. That's kind ah, of I, I, that was, those, those were the glory days. Now, now it's almost like the opposite and... I, I, you know, some days I'm like, okay, I don't really want to stream, but it's almost never because, oh, there's nothing to play or no formats that, um, you know, it's so, I'm not complaining, I guess. And I think, I think, you know, these formats get a bad rep from what you see on the classic, like, social media complaining and stuff. Yeah. And, and the classic podcast complaining as well here as but, well. But I'm, but I'm also, as I said, you know, in a kind of a unique spot or a very special spot so i might not be the best person but to... no but there, there are arena qualifiers coming up and clearly there is still a huge demand from various different uh, people for both online forms of competitive magic and qualifications to pro tours and stuff like that so people will yeah. play it i mean people played and... extended for years when it was crap and people played block yeah. constructed for years when the format wasn't good so yeah. you do what and you there's... gotta do there's actually no no results there's pretty much no content no resource for alchemy right now so it's kind of if somehow you're qualified and you like brewing and stuff and testing and you have a friend maybe um i don't know it's 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 you know there's that's a fresh kind of a fresh format and it's maybe diviner fits a bit too too good but maybe there's things to do i don't know you know, people people complain that it's like old med deck and there's no more no more surprise and stuff. And this is actually a tournament where you can probably get a, a really, really good edge and if you come prepared. I mean, it is a really tough tournament. You have to go like seven one on day one and repeat on day two, but Jesus, that's really harsh. Yeah. Yeah. The reward's pretty good well, though, right? Isn't it like thirty two player, like huge money? Yeah. Event? Yeah. Yeah, thirty two player was good good price pool. Right. So it's like qualifying for kind of an MPL major event or something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. it's, it's it's yeah, it's a bigger deal than like qualifying for the Pro Tour. I, um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. But um. So so li- life on the line. Which alchemy deck are you playing, Harry? 
in alchemy, I'm going to be playing mono green. All right. Poor choice. You should have chosen the one with the gin with lots of words. <laughs> in pioneer, I'm going to be playing mono green. Are we actually doing Latin mono right now? I really I was just going to talk to you oh. about what alchemy deck you want to play. No, no. F alchemy. For I guess for the listeners who don't know what life on the line is, it's a theoretical tournament tomorrow. If you win the event, you live. If you lose, you die. you got to bring a deck list from every format we talked about today. So what popper and standard deck are you bringing, Pat? Pass. Yeah, exactly. But, um... <laughs> but, uh... We're, we're deep in the segment now. I didn't mono green and Mono green and pioneer. In modern, I actually think that... Amulet Titan is looking pretty oh, decent. Wow. What about you, Pat? Hmm. I think if I was truly desperately going to win something, if I wanted to win a modern event, like if I wanted to win an RCQ, I'd probably play four color. Four color on math. I don't know what build I'd do. Probably some kind of baubles and traverse version. That seems to be what's doing the best at the moment. But that's what I that's what I would choose to do if I really wanted to to win it all. But you probably can't go wrong with playing Merktide either. I think like a good Merktide player in a, in a field, like a PVDQ field, will just rip it up as well. Um, in Pioneer, I've been playing a lot of red-black, or had been playing a lot of red-black. I think the deck is just legitimately good. And yeah, I would probably play that. Every time I play a deck like that in a tournament, I do well as well. So yeah, if you've got a Pioneer RCQ coming up, you should probably sleeve up red-black in my opinion. And an alchemy. I'm just going to play whatever deck the gin has in it. I don't know when's the last time I said that, but I would play blue white control in pioneer, and I would play blue white based on doing in oh. modern. Jo- jokes on you! It's been about six weeks since you double blue white in a format. I'm sure. Well, I guess it was explore at some point. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's anyways, true. we're back. Blue white is back. <laughs> we're black, back. Blue white in every format. Well, I've got a question. How much is Days and Doing on Card Market? Ooh, Ooh. nice one, nice one, nice one. I've got an idea. I've got a price in my head. It's probably spiking. (laughs) You give yourself a lot of credit. credit. You should get this correct again. It's a mythic, right? Yeah, it is. It's a magic origins. Okay, I'm ready. You ready, Pat? Yeah, I think I am. Three, two, one. 18 euro. 350. What? 18 euro. What did you say, Harry? One. I said 350. Oh, wow. We've got a huge spread. 18 yeah. euro. Okay. We'll do the Magic Origins copy. I'm doing yeah? pretty good because I've got from two euros to like... No, we just do closest, <laughs> not closest back going over. Yeah, the exactly. average price so, so I have of a huge spread, days. I feel, was my 350 guess because if it's between basically two yeah, euros yeah, yeah, yeah. and... And like oh, 10? you said three fifty. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said fifty. I was like, oh, I've got this. Damn it. Okay. Well, the average price the past thirty days on the card market website is nine euros and thirty four euro cents. Eighteen Dang. wasn't ridiculous. Congratulations, Gab. Thanks. Easy. The, ri- the rich get richer. <laughs> Just like every week, I nailed it. <laughs> I like how the only time I win, I'm still like. Orders of magnitude away from the prize. Like One of us has just two. gone off in the absolute deep end, and you just like, maybe we shouldn't come that way. Maybe maybe it should be like you know, Pat was like only twice the price, and I was three times cheaper, so Pat mm. wins. Maybe, maybe we can think like, of multiple different ways in which I could win. That'd be great. There what has was, been 
There has been some market manipulation here because two days ago, Days Undoing was five euros, so it's doubled in price in in three days. I was hoping it's it, me. It's actually me Unir- hoping it would go up four times, so I could bid eighteen. Unironically, probably uh, your math guys and science guys. What would that be like? Logarithmic uh, way of calculating who's closer or exponential or. I'm not. I don't do statistics. I did analysis. So, I mean, you'd have to describe the thing again. Like, what what integer? What who's the closest in like multiples of their percentage percentage multiples of their guesses? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We can create a formula if you would like. I'm good. Thanks. We don't need a formula. It's just like you know, whoever is closest. Like, you know, like you would have won this one because you were like twice the price and I was three times cheaper. Right? Yeah, I mean, we all you do is just take the price and divide it by, take, yeah, take yeah. everyone's guess and divide it by the price. All right. Yeah. all right. You know what I do like to divide is us at the end of a podcast episode. So <laughs> yeah. if you didn't make it this we far like to go our separate way. <laughs> I'd like to thank you for supporting the podcast, making it this far. Gab and I would also like to say that we have a top tips for tournament play on my youtube channel harry mtg if you want to go see that as well as gab where can we find you on the internet yeah i'll be checking the comments on that video answering seeing the memes and seeing if people liked it awesome what were you pat you can't find me on the internet i'm unfindable oh okay and you'll find me saying goodbye to you thank you so much for making this far we'll catch you guys next week see you later take care everyone